Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Hello and welcome to Walgreens Fiscal 2021 third quarter earnings call. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. After these previous remarks, there will be a question and answer session. And during this time, please press star then the number one on your telephone keypad. If you would like to withdraw a question, press the pound key. I'd now like to turn the call over to your uh, two. Nancy Chan Palmatier, Director, Investor Relations at Wildbrain. You may begin your conference. Thank you, Operator, and thank you everyone for joining us today. Speaking on the call today are Eric Ellenbogen, our CEO, and Aaron Ames, our CFO. Also with us and available during the question and answer session are Josh Sherba, our President, and Daniel Neath, our EDP of Finance and Chief Accounting Officer. First, we have some standard cautionary statements. The matters discussed on this call include forward-looking statements under applicable securities laws with respect to Wildbrain, including, but not limited to, statements regarding future investments by the company, actual and potential commercial arrangements with the company, and the expected benefits from such arrangements, the impact of COVID-19 on the company and its business, the business strategies and operational activities at the company, the markets and industries in which the company operates, and the, finance, and the future financial and operating performance of the company and its assets. Such statements are based on information available currently and are subject to a number of risks and uncertainties. Actual results or events in the future could differ materially and adversely from those described in the forward-looking statements as a result of various important factors, including the risk factors set out in the company's most recent MD&A and AIF. Please note that all current, all, sorry, please note that all numbers are in Canadian dollars. For the question and answer session that will follow, we ask that each analyst keep to one question with one follow-up so that everyone has an opportunity to ask questions. If you'd like to ask an additional question, please rejoin the queue. Please also know that we are all in separate locations, so we do appreciate your patience if we encounter any lumpiness as we steer through the call. I will now hand the call over to our CEO, Eric Ellenbogen. Good morning, and thank you, Nancy. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining our call today. Um, our content and our brands continue to perform quite well in this third quarter, uh, driven by a robust production slate and strength in our consumer product segment. Uh, Wildbrain Spark saw further improvement in advertising rates, as well as growing revenue in emerging areas of direct ad sales, paid media, and digital production. And looking forward to the fourth quarter of 21, we will at last have Spark results fully comparable to Q4 a year ago, factoring in the impact of both COVID-19 and the made-for-kids changes. Um, of course, there's always going to be seasonality across the year. However, we expect Spark's revenue to grow more than 50% in the forthcoming quarter over last year's Q4. We're also realizing the strategic value of Wildbrain Spark's massive audience engagement, 
and its reach to secure comprehensive multi-revenue stream deals with brand owners that leverage our ability to exploit IP across content, licensing, and audience delivery. And this includes a recently announced partnership with the Emoji Company to launch Emoji Town, which is a brand new digital first series and consumer products extension of the Emoji brand. Um, on last calls uh, that I've had with you, I've spoken about our 360-degree integrated platform across which we exploit IP in our business segments to realize multiple revenue streams. This Emoji Town partnership is an excellent example of this. For a number of years, uh, our licensing agency, Wildbrain CPLG, has successfully represented the Emoji brand across Europe and the Middle East. And in fact, uh, they added more new territories to the remit uh, just this past January. And through this strong relationship, Wildbrain CPLG built a bridge for the Emoji company to our AVOD network, Wildbrain Spark. And the result is a significantly expanded partnership comprised of new digital-first content exclusively available on Wildbrain Spark and licensing rights available exclusively through Wildbrain CPLG. This is one of many such holistic agreements in our pipeline. These deals fuel growth across our company and build quality, durable earning streams with meaningful consumer products upside. And they exemplify the unique value that we bring both to our own partner brands and partner brands, I should say, and the kids and family space by leveraging our industry-leading combination of creative, studio production, and brand and licensing expertise, coupled with the incredible reach across our Wildbrain Spark network. To be sure, our transactions come in all shapes and sizes. Uh, some are like our extended Peanuts partnership with Apple TV Plus, announced last fall, and our Sonic Prime partnership with Sega and Netflix announced just last quarter. And others, like Emoji Town, are perfect in scale for our Spark network. Uh, some originate as commissions from our TV channels and extend into production at our Vancouver studio and wider global distribution, while others reflect opportunities around toy, gaming, or lifestyle IP. The baseline production deals are all profitable in and of themselves, and add to our business in a meaningful way. And in a creative business like ours, there's always tremendous upside since you just never know where the next hit is gonna come from. The common thread though across all of this is our expertise across production, distribution, and consumer products. And these capabilities allow us to execute on quality agreements, not only for our own IP, but also for IP from partners who want to access our unique strengths. And this translates into long-term profit sharing, and in some cases, equity in the underlying IP. So each of our business units provides an entry point for these types of conversations and for the opportunities for cross-selling. And each of these deals contains the potential for even larger opportunities. The one-two punch of Wildbrain Spark and Wildbrain CPLG is driving many of these deals offering robust AVOD distribution plus consumer products licensing. Single brand owners, by which I mean non-studio businesses, are very keen to work with us across our business units. 
They recognize that WildBrain offers a unique proposition to develop and to amplify their brands and are therefore very open to putting ownership stakes on the table for us to activate those brands. This makes us unique in the market and we're seeing major IP companies recognize us as the go-to partner for the brands. Something else, though, uh, makes our Spark network unique, and that is its appeal for advertisers. Ours is premium content, by which I mean the thousands of hours of library programming that originated on linear television and are now available on Wildbrain Spark's network. And not unlike the successes being experienced by startup AVOD networks like Pluto and Tubi, advertisers see greater benefit in placing media against long-form content. And compared with lower-quality, short-form content found elsewhere, audiences on our network are much more engaged, there's more inventory than competitors, and much less skippability. We're focused on optimizing valuable premium content that we either own outright or have partnered with leading brands and where we have upside in consumer products. We've also built out our proprietary data analysis tools, which have been instrumental in driving 185% growth for Q3 in nascent revenues from direct advertising sales, paid media, and digital production compared to a year ago. And yet untapped are the views on YouTube Kids, where approximately 35% of our views reside in the United States. And although we saw views begin to normalize in Q3 compared to the spikes we experienced last year during the start of the COVID lockdown, average viewing time continues to increase on our network. And while there's always some quarter-to-quarter -quarter volatility as we continue to roll out new proprietary and partner content, we anticipate views will continue to increase, likely exceeding the COVID-19 peak consumption levels. And in fact, we've already begun to see this rebound in March and April. We're building out and leveraging our expertise in ad sales, ad tech, data analytics, digital content production, and brand amplification to exploit the sizable opportunity afforded by Wildbrain Spark's massive audience through deals like Emojitown and others that we have in the pipeline. So please watch for more deals to come. Turning to consumer products, uh, we saw continued strength in Q3 with revenues growing 12% in that segment, driven by peanuts, which experienced strong royalties in multiple categories, as well as increased commissions from Wildbrain CPLG's broadening portfolio of clients and territories. And to, to help you all better understand how the economics of this division work, not unlike our production business, we do have a lag between signing the deals and the recognition of revenues. But with that said, we have good visibility on an acceleration in this sector as we move into fiscal 22. I'd also like to note that this quarter's growth for Peanuts products coincided with the launch to rave reviews of the Snoopy show on Apple TV Plus in February. Apple amplified the brand with a truly mammoth marketing campaign for the series launch that was pretty hard to miss, including television, digital, social media, in-store and out of home, meaning things like billboards and even bus shelters here in New York City. Peanuts content is clearly resonating with Apple's audience, given Apple's previously announced order for season two 
of Snoopy in Space, as well as a slate of new family specials now in the works. As we continue to roll out new Peanuts content in the years ahead, we are highly confident that the Apple TV Plus partnership will drive greater and greater awareness and indeed fondness for the Peanuts brand globally, which in turn will continue to drive strong growth in consumer products licensing across new audiences and new territories. The Peanuts-Apple partnership is a perfect example of how content can support a brand's overall presence in the consumer marketplace, which is why we have great optimism for the upside potential around deals like Sonic Prime for Netflix, Emoji Town for Wild Rain Spark, and others we have in our pipeline. With that, I'll hand the call over to Aaron. Thanks, Eric. In Q3, we successfully refinanced our senior secured term loan and our revolver on highly favorable terms. Credit markets have taken notice of our strong and improved pipeline, financial performance, and earnings trajectory, enabling us to extend the maturity of both of these instruments while removing the financial maintenance covenant on the term loan. This enhanced capital structure affords a significant strategic and financial flexibility to further drive our digital content and brand strategies. Looking at the key numbers for Q3, revenue grew 4% to $102.2 million in the quarter compared with $98.3 million in the prior year quarter, driven by strength in our consumer products business. The Q3 net loss improved to $30.9 million versus a net loss of $221.7 million last year. The net loss this quarter is primarily due to non-cash, non-operating items of $3.5 million related to the refinancing and the change in fair value of embedded derivatives related to our convertible and exchangeable debentures of $23.5 million, resulting from the higher share price. Adjusted EBITDA was $17.2 million in Q3 2021, slightly lower than the $17.9 million in Q3 2020. Now I'll turn the call back to Eric. Thanks, Aaron. Um, We've been hard at work over the last 20 months repositioning our assets for meaningful long-term growth. With two major IP deals announced in the past six months and a robust deal pipeline, we're now well on our way to executing on our strategic vision. I think I've said this previously, no deal before its time. It's about market opportunities that we're pursuing that will drive the business substantially over the coming years. This is about using our unique collection of assets and platforms to go after our share of the tens of billions of dollars in the kids and family space across digital ad sales, toys, consumer products, and underexploited territories like China. Behind the scenes, we've got a lot going on. Our team is constantly moving the business forward, and we look forward to meaningful announcements in the coming weeks and months. Uh, and before we open up to uh, questions, I, I wanted to give an update on our analyst day. We're narrowing in on the exact date, likely shortly after our next quarterly earnings in late September, early October. And I look forward to providing you, hopefully in person, with a deep look at everything we've been up to since my arrival and why I'm so excited about where we're going. Um, so uh, next, let's open up for questions. At this time, if you'd like to ask a question over the phone lines, please press star and then the number one on your telephone keypad. To enjoy a question, press the pound key. Please stand by while we compile the Q&A roster. Again, then star one on your telephone keypad.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We have our first question coming from the line of Aravinda Galapati with Ganacord Genuity. Good morning. Thanks for taking my question. Um, obviously, um, uh, good numbers on the uh, Wild Brain Spark side as you kind of come out the other side. Um, I was interested in the, uh, the disclosure you gave with respect to the other initiatives, the direct ad sales-led uh, new initiatives, which you disclosed grew 185% just so that, um, you know, the analysts in the street can kind of size up what that upside could look like, um, at least roughly. Um, could you give us a sense of what you're seeing when you strike these deals with brands? I mean, um, you know, when you compare the programmatic CPMs with um, sort of the, uh, the, 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 the rates, the pricing you're seeing on the direct ad sales front, how much of a variance uh, to the upside are you getting there? Um, and um, just as a follow-up uh, to, to your comments about, um, you know, including more third-party uh, content within uh, Wildbrain, so content that is not owned uh, uh, by, uh, by Wildbrain, um, where does that mix lie today, and do you see yourself sort of significantly moving in that third-party direction where, you know, perhaps less than 50% of, uh, of the content would be non-Wildbrain or uh, third-party? Thank you. Sure. Um, thank you for your question, Aravinda. Um, I think we're doing really well in direct ad sales. It's why we're uh, doubling down and investing in this area, which we think is is building long-term value. Um, and, you know, the percentage numbers are high because we're starting from a small base, but we're seeing a lot of traction. We're building, we're signing deals. Uh, it's early, but we see very very big opportunity. Um, as an example, and I've highlighted this before, uh, when we're talking about 35% of our views in the U.S. residing on YouTube Kids, it is a virtually unmonetized uh, channel of distribution. And YouTube and we <clears throat> are highly committed to uh, converting those views to dollars. And you know, ours, the proposition that we're offering to the marketplace is pretty compelling. Uh, we have a customizable solution. We have premium content. We have data insights. It's COPA compliant. And all of that seems to be uh, resonating with buyers. I think one of the other things that we're seeing too, and I want to I focus on this because it's an important competitive advantage, and that is that our watch time continues to increase. And in fact, uh, you know, we haven't published this as yet, but we've, we've just broken through to the seven-minute mark. Uh, we're already 15% higher than uh, the sort of average kids viewing on YouTube. And what that translates into uh, is that watch time 
is the environment which advertisers favor because it's about less capability. Uh, many of those views happening on television now uh, as YouTube is a strong AVOD presence on connected televisions. Um, and that growth in our view duration reflects a growth in consumption of longer form content. It's television. Um, and, um, and we see a lot of secular movement from linear to digital. And uh, I think I've said before, which is kind of remarkable, it's maybe the best kept secret in digital media, is that as measured against the U.S. cable networks like Cartoon Network and PBS, uh, you know, Nickelodeon, we're larger. We have a larger audience delivery and, you know, hence getting our fair share. So as to, uh, I think you asked about uh, programmatic uh, ads, uh, it's basically against the YouTube uh, rate card uh, in which we share or split on a 45-55 basis with them. And, you know, those tend to be higher CPMs. And that's the other thing we're seeing is a move up in CPMs. Uh, and that obviously favors us. Um, you know, it's an area of patience. Um, the fact is we've got the views, and with the views will come the advertising dollars. Uh, and, you know, the variability around COVID, we actually expect to exceed, as I said in my remarks, uh, the COVID numbers. Uh, and the COVID spike uh, in the aggregate number of views that we receive. So, um, you know, directionally, it's it's really good. Um, uh, if you could, the your second question. Yes, it's with respect to the uh, the mix between um, uh, Wild Brain owned uh, IP within uh, Spark uh, as versus third party. I mean, should we expect that third party piece to materially get larger? to uh, perhaps more than 50% of uh, Wild Brain Spark? I mean, would, is the model kind of moving rapidly in that direction? I just wanted some clarity on that. Uh, sure. So <clears throat> directionally, uh, what we're doing is uh, using our network uh, for these holistic partnerships. And, and not in every case do we own the underlying IP. I mean, the, uh, the announcement we made last quarter, as an example, uh, with um, with Sonic and Netflix, uh, I think you know was really good news because it represented something in which we had a stake across uh, every revenue stream. But you know, technically, we don't own Sonic, so these are contractual participations. Uh, but they have a equal effect uh, on long-term earnings and, you know, our, our marquee properties with very significant upside. So on the Spark Network, what we're doing is looking at holistic deals, and we're beginning to enjoy the benefits of the cross-selling among the divisions and the use of that network to reap the rewards of the viewership that we bring to them. So uh, not all of them are proprietary IP. I think I highlighted their partner IP, uh, which we definitively favor, and to be able to use our uh, unique assets uh, to switch on uh, revenue uh, in consumer products uh, specifically, but also across distribution and longer form content. So that is 
much of the migration that we're seeing on the Wild Brain Spark network. Uh, we're doing it for toy companies, uh, for things like uh, emoji uh, with Emoji Town, um, and you know, uh, as well as our own proprietary IP. There's you know, there's Peanuts content that runs on that network, uh, and we use it promotionally to drive to other platforms. Um, so I can't give you an exact uh, quantification, but uh, you know we're we're trying to favor uh, transactions, and they're coming to us. In fact, that uh, you know drive multiple sources of revenue, uh, and it's a portfolio uh, approach. It gives us lots of at bats, uh, and uh, and the opportunity for uh, upside uh, using the power of our network. Um, so uh, that that is definitely uh, directionally uh, where we're taking the network, and you know we're getting a lot of leverage. Thank you so much. I'll pass the line. Next question, we have David McSagen with Cormark Securities. Your line is open. Hi. Yeah, just a couple of questions. So first of all, just on the debt, um, I'm just wondering if you could confirm that it's all variable. Um, you know, there's some concern out there that maybe interest rates going to start to go up as inflation picks up here. So it's just wondering on that. And then secondly, you know, you talked about these uh, nascent revenue streams growing at very high rates. Can you just kind of give us an idea of the actual dollar value of these revenue streams? That would be uh, helpful. Thanks. Uh, hi, David. It's Aaron. Yeah. So, uh, so our, our debt is currently um, uh, variable, but we are looking at some at some solutions, as as you could imagine. Uh, and then, what was your what was your second question? Um, so, just on the solutions, I guess you'd be looking at some sort of interest rate swap. Is that it? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's various various types of solutions that will be that we, that we are looking into. So, um, that, that things like that. Okay. And just on the nascent revenue streams, you know, you, you cite a very high uh, growth number. And I was just wondering if you can give us an idea of the actual dollar value of those revenue streams. So well, I, I, the, the number – sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, please, Aaron. Yeah, so the number starting from a small base, but it is growing very, very, very nicely, and we're and we're doubling down and uh, and investing further to to continue to grow those streams. So, sorry, Eric. I I I think that it's a very very big opportunity, and I think that uh, we're accelerating in ad tech, in our data analytics. Uh, those are the you know, that's the currency uh, for advertisers. Uh, we have a, a very good understanding of our audience, um, what they're watching, where they're watching, uh, you know, length of views, et cetera. And so it, it, is, it is conversion. And, and again, we are positioned very much like uh, the big entrants in the AVOD market. Uh, and you can see where their numbers are going. Uh, they are they're doing extremely well. Uh, we've got the audience, though. We don't have to build it. There's, you know, virtually zero customer acquisition cost here. Um, we're building off of a very, very large base, uh, and it's the conversion of that very sticky, very engaged audience uh, to uh, to dollars. Now, and, and I can tell you, 
that YouTube and Google are very committed to this area. This is the number three, uh, you know, highest viewing uh, content uh, on their network. They fully recognize that YouTube is now television and not mobile devices, uh, with um, most of the viewing now migrating to uh, to big TVs. So it's it's TV in every sense, and uh, and I think that we, you know, we're totally committed to the area. Uh, we know how big the audience is, and and we will be converting that to revenue. So um, it, it is a small base, but it's growing quite rapidly uh, in the multiple hundreds of percentages. And uh, directionally, uh, I, I I think you know you're going to be hearing in subsequent quarters. Uh, how much growth there actually is. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. Next question. We have the line of Deepak Kaushal with Stifel. Jamie, your line is open. All right, guys. Thanks for taking my questions. Um, Eric, Aaron, I have a question about Emoji Town. Just um, curious if you can offer a sense of how, you know, Who's putting up the capital for creating the content? And how much risk capital are you guys putting up? And, and what is the cash flow profile? And in general, just how does that compare to you know, the SWOT deals with, with Apple Peanuts or Sega Netflix when you're doing it on the budget? Okay, so they're, they're, they're different. Uh, thank you, Deepak, for your question. Um, you know, they're, they're all sized differently. Uh, you know, in the case of the uh, SVOD deals, um, those, you know, tend to be uh, license fees paid by the SVODs with, you know, a certain reservation of rights, uh, for example, in linear television where we exploit, uh, you know, uh, they don't take any participation uh, in licensing and merchandising. Um, and the structure of those deals are slightly different. In, in Emoji Town, it's building off of and leveraging our longstanding relationship at uh, Wild Brain CPLG, our, uh, our licensing agency. And, uh, you know, we, we said the way to go with this is short-form short content that is produced and exploited on our Spark network, on our, our owned and operated network. Um, because the play there is a consumer products play. Uh, and, um, and, you know, just to kind of size the deal, I can't tell you exactly what the, you know, CP pro forma is. We kind of know what the base of business is already and the appeal of the emoji company and its IP because of our licensing experience with them across EMEA. Um, but, you know, these represent... Uh, relatively modest investments by us. The big investment is being able to put this on our network. And that's where there's this incredible multiplier effect because we can put this uh, in front of our gigantic audience uh, and convert those views to consumer products. I, I want to point out something else important about uh, Emoji, uh, which uh, I didn't remark upon in the uh, you know, my remarks at the beginning. And that is uh, the appeal of that particular property is in the kind of 11 and up. Uh, it, is, it is not classified as, as made for kids content. 
uh, and therefore the advertising monetization of those views is going to have a different profile than the uh, than the MFK uh, because of the way that uh, data collection, which you're well aware of, uh, works on the on the YouTube network, uh, and um, and so this targeting is is to a slightly older audience, uh, which consumes lifestyle um, uh, licensed merchandise, um, and that's that's what the play is. But the the investment it's a it's a essentially a joint venture between the companies um, and uh, is characteristic of the kinds of deals that we're striking to get this, you know, high value kinds of partnerships on the Spark Network. I'm not sure if that answers your question, but um, those are kind of the parameters and how that how, how it's distinct from some of the other deals that we do. Got it. And just, just from a high level, if I can follow up, you know, aside from relative size, when I think of relative return on investment capital, on an, on an AVOD type of deal versus an SVOD type of deal, I assume you're putting up less capital up front for for a longer tail and a potential higher ROI. Is that is that how to think about it versus an SVOD deal, uh, or, yep. or are they are they close to the being the same? So so it's also a matter of magnitude, and so you know while well, we we look at uh, you know obviously what the IRR is and and return on investment, uh, it's extremely high, and and we know. Again, we have pretty good experience with the emoji business because um, it's been a long-standing client of CPLG. So we we already know, you know, what the return is uh, just across licensing and merchandising, and how this essentially becomes, uh, you know, it's it's in a way that the same way that toy companies operate, it's an infomercial in a way, it's entertainment, uh, but will precipitate. Uh, much greater, uh, you know, consumer products. Orders of magnitude, uh, hard to say. I mean, obviously, the the uh, Peanuts Apple TV Plus business is is gigantic, with a you know huge operating history, uh, and is going to much higher levels in view of the amount of content that uh, we have on Apple TV Plus on a global basis. So this is a different profile. This is using the Spark Network. Uh, but uh, it's all about ROI, and uh, and we're you know we're very comfortable uh, with the level of investment uh, and the returns, uh, just even based on the base business that we have with the emoji company. Okay, okay, thank you very much. I appreciate you taking my question. Sure thing. Again, if you wish to ask a question over the phone, please press star then the number one on your telephone keypad. Again, that's star one. There are no further questions over the phone lines at this time. I turn the call back over to Nancy Chang, Palmateer. Thank you, Operator, and uh, thank you everyone for joining us today. Please stay well. We look forward to updating you on more exciting news in the next quarter. Have a great day. Thank you. This concludes today's conference call. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.